Hi, this is Scott here in the HMS booth at PRI. I'm sitting here with Joe Marco from HMS Motorsports. Howdy doody. Hi. And um, Joe, could you just, it's a little hard because you guys do so much, but you've kind of got a nice umbrella. So could you kind of explain who and what HMS is? Yeah, so we, we started uh, 27 years ago, and uh, we started doing BMW performance type stuff like shocks and things. Uh, same, we started at the same time as Turner Motorsport, but Will was much more into the hard parts and things like that, so we never really were all that successful in, in doing that. We bought a dyno early on, uh, but we oh, didn't wow. really do mechanical work, so that was kind of a, a waste of money. <laughs> You know, so the, there were there were there were three letters in the thing HMS. Yep. The H was this young kid that was working with us, and uh, the first time we had a, when we had a real store to go to, he couldn't figure out that you have to be to arrive at work at a certain time and leave at a certain time and all that. The M was me, um, and the S was a mechanic who had some problems of white powder and things like that that never actually showed up. Oh. So yep. nice guy, super guy, incredible yep. mechanic. So I was only I was the M, and I was also the only one with the money. <clears throat> so I st I started out, but really, so the first couple of years were really tough. Uh, in '97, we uh, found the Z3, and we became for the next four years like the Z3 gurus. We had, we made a roll bar for the Z3, Interesting. Okay. and we did all sorts of accessories for all sorts of racing. Right. But then in uh, 2001, at the end of 2001, which was the year that uh, Earnhardt died, yep. <clears throat> we were exhibiting at the PR show in Indianapolis, a much smaller booth than we have now, and uh, we were uh, showing uh, uh, Schrote belts, and we had just acquired the distribution rights uh, for Schrote in the U.S. And at that time, they had mainly rally belts or quick fit belts, as some of you may be, you know, understand. Okay. Uh, but we had just come out with so our first batch of racing belts. And uh, with a new technology for a substrap called a hybrid, which is a unique product to Schrote. And we had a couple of people walk up to the PRI booth, uh, a gentleman named Ryan Newman, and uh, who was a NASCAR rookie driver at that point in time, yeah. <clears throat> and uh, his crew chief, Matt Borland. And uh, they, they came up, and Carl Schrote uh, was in the booth with us, and I didn't know who they were. Uh, Jeff, or my general manager, uh, he did know who they were, and we started, there was a crowd gathering, but of course, we're oblivious sure. to that. So we're just going over the belts, explaining the technology and why it was an advantage, and uh, Matt was said, you know, uh, well, we're with Penske, okay, I, I've heard that name before, uh, and we, we'd like you to come to uh, North Carolina, or to North Carolina, and uh, do a presentation uh, for mm -hmm. uh, for uh, Mr. Miller and uh, the rest of the crew there. And we did, and they were impressed uh, enough that they introduced us to NASCAR. Uh, and NASCAR, at that point in time, a gentleman named Steve Peterson was developing the car of tomorrow to kind of improve safety. Sure. <clears throat> and, uh, and they were developing a new seatbelt spec. So Carl and I ended up helping NASCAR actually develop the, sur the first uh, NASCAR seatbelt spec. And then, Which is nine point, if I'm well. No, so it started out just as a six point. Okay. Okay. Um, and it was a you know they and they the, they had three inch lap belts and three inch shoulder belts. But then we got you know the, we got to convince them that all right, you should allow a three inch to a two inch so that the head and neck restraint because they were just starting to mandate head and neck restraints. Yes. 
And then uh, they were doing, a, they were just initiating the process of doing sled testing and uh, and developing, you know, standards for seats. Taking safety a little right, more seriously. Taking it a lot more seriously. Yep. So they went from being by far the last people worrying about safety, or not worrying about it, but sure. being, you know, really focused on it, to being obviously when they lose their top guy, to being the most focused. That was a big <clears throat> turning point. Right. And NASCAR from uh, the, the group in the in the safety department, now John Padillac heads that up. They have come so far with what they're doing. They're probably the most advanced and most knowledgeable and have done the most testing. They've done a whole bunch of modeling lately, so they have, they have uh, computer models that they can build to, to simulate all sorts of things. Oh, very good. But they've done more and more sled testing and things for seatbelts, so we've worked with them Basically, since that time to now, we've been at many, if not you know, more than half of their sled tests and development. We introduced the first cam lock, the first two-inch lap belt, you know, a lot of new technology. Yep. Uh, there was a crash uh, several years uh, later at Atlanta with, um, uh, with uh, Brad, uh, Brad, uh, Brad Keselowski, you know, or flipped over. Yep. Uh, Carl okay. Edwards had bumped him out. And that caused the problem that the roofs were coming down. So we went through technology. So the, the goal is is that we always, we found Schrote as the high technology product. So, uh, and then we found, we started working with Cobra seats because it was made in the UK. It's not a seat that's made in, you know, uh, in China or something like that. Uh, and then we started in 2010 uh, because of all the success we had in other things. NASCAR and everybody else told Stilo, hey, if you want to be successful in the US, you need to work with HMS. And so we started with Stilo in uh, yep. 2010. They had their first full-face helmet. Uh, and we grew that business from 2010 to 2017 to be a $3.5 million business. Okay. Now, with that, with that business, you know, it, ultimately, Simpson was acquired Stilo, and they have distribution, obviously, so they took over sure. that, and we lost that. But meantime, we found uh, Schubert. Uh, we have a new product now, uh, Wallero, which is we've had for a couple of years, which is the kind of real far superior uh, base layers. Uh, they're from the UK, and now just revamped as and just I revamped to come up with the uh, new uh, FIA 2018 standard. Yep. Um, it's incredible, comfortable. I wear it on weekends, uh, just around. I wear it hiking. Yeah, if now you're giving me bad ideas. If you're skiing, it's perfect oh for God. that. I mean, it's a yep. temperature regulating uh, product. It's a product that. Uh, we just uh, supplied the entire NASCAR uh, or officials uh, 150 oh, sets good. with Rolero. I mean, we don't, and we're not, we're not giving stuff away. So it's not like we're getting business because we we did it. We're actually selling it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> five years ago, we acquired a company called Race Communications, and now we're we've uh, got a new uh, person in charge of that for the last three years, uh, Asher uh, Delaflav, and Asher is uh, an XF15 crew chief uh, in the military, uh, and he's an avi avionics engineer, <clears throat> and he's taken our program and just like turned it upside down. So we, we now build the cables to what would be the equivalent of a mill spec or, yeah. or, uh, or a, you know, a, a aviation spec. So really cool. So <clears throat> we have a new product called Race Sense, uh, which is a really uh, smart uh, tire gauge. So what we do, and, and now what's happening is companies with high technology products are coming to us as long as it's somewhere related to safety. Sure. Because our pro, all of our products are at the high end of the scale, but they're also the most technologically advanced. And so our success has been bringing the, the top end products and selling them not because 
that are cheaper or anything. We're selling it because it's the best product at the best value and the most advanced and then we teach people about it. Yeah. And people will come into our showroom and if they come in and they want a Schubert helmet but it doesn't fit them properly, they don't walk out with a Schubert helmet. We're yeah. not going to sell somebody something that they don't need that's not the best solution. If they fit better into a Super Arai helmet, they'll walk out with that. Yeah. And uh, so we pride ourselves on, on really improving safety. I mean, we've worked with many different race organizations, uh, Formula Drift, SVRA, BMW Club, Porsche Club. I've helped them all write uh, their general competition rules for safety. I co-authored the uh, SFI guidelines for seatbelt installation with, uh, with um, uh, John Melvin. Uh, so that every that's the standard that everybody uses. Mm -hmm. So and I've done many seminars and you go to our YouTube We have a YouTube page at HMS Motorsport and there's many educational seminars on all different topics yes. How to fit a helmet how to wear seatbelts how to adjust the you know how they should be installed um, Pretty much anything you can think of yeah. and uh, so we, we're really excited and uh, every in, we employee at HMS is very knowledgeable on all the products and we really but safety is the first thing and that's been something if some of these products sound familiar to you that's because i've talked about them on the podcast um apex pro race sense bolero like we these are things that we use because they are very good because again they're not the cheapest but if you buy them and they work and they work consistently and they're reliable and they're safe Ultimately, at the end of the day, like the upfront costs really gets eaten up by the fact that it does all of those things. Right. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I, I do this. Uh, this is not the business to be in if you want to get rich. Uh, but I'm doing okay. And, and I go home and I go to bed every night and I say, you know, maybe today I help some amateur guy who goes out in the circle track or is doing HPDE. Maybe I helped him after he had a little accident, be able to go to work the next day sure. or, you know, or, or better, you know. Yep. Uh, so I feel really good about it. We've got an incredible team. Uh, the yes. average length of employment is about 11 years. That's amazing. Uh, and a lot of these people, it's the only place they've ever worked. And, uh, but they're all car people. They're all racers or, or, you know, HPD type stuff. And so it's, we're all, every single person is passionate about safety and what we do and well-educated. And that's, I think, been our success. I mean, we have 150 dealers around the country that we distribute all these products to, yep. in addition to selling uh, retail. But education is kind of our most important thing. HMS Motorsports on YouTube, YouTube is the channel. HMS Motorsport, yeah, YouTube. And then HMSMotorsport.com um, right. is the website. Right. So thank you for your time, Joe. Hey, thank you. I and really appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Yep. Good luck with your show. Okay. Scott, round two at PRI, still at the HMS booth, but over hanging out at the Apex Pro um, corner of HMS with none other than Apex Pro Andrew Reigns. Yes, hello. Hi. Happy to be here. Yeah. It's been... And Becky's here, too. Becky is here. Off mic. She has been... Overseeing the antics. Sitting in a chair and... This floor... Kind of judgy. This I'm not floor sure. is... <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you do. Um, I'm just kidding. It's been a few years since you've been back here, but how's it been going for you so far? It's good. It's uh, I just like being in one place where everybody that we know is all here together. It's great. Yeah, everybody comes to you. Yeah. 
It's nice. Yeah. It is nice. That's true. When you when you're at a booth like uh, HMS Motorsport, you don't have to go anywhere. Everybody comes here. So looking at all Gen two stuff, well, I guess you got Gen one in the little rotatey thing there. But uh, talk about talk about the Gen two. Talk about the OBD connector. Kind of o- sure. general overview. Yeah. Well, the the big news at PRI is that we just launched a new app. So we now have an app that's Apple and Android compatible. Mm. It's not publicly say, available. you got to be a PRI. Say that again, though. It is available for Android. It is. Uh, you can download it for Android on the Google Play Store. Right uh, now. You're not, you're not going to be able to find it unless you have the QR code that we've got right here. Maybe I'll PRI. take a... Can I take a picture of that and post it? Can people yeah. like, find it? That I might work. I'll be able to do that. Right. Yeah, I think it'll be on the Apex Pro users group probably this week. Okay. So... We'll, we'll kind of keep can it. They can find it then. Yeah, that's, that's the big thing, though, supporting the Android user base. Um, the Gen 2 and the OBD2 devices work with that new app seamlessly, just like the old one. Perfect. Um, but there's going to be all sorts of cool new features contained in there. Most of the stuff that's coming out is kind of the same stuff as the old app, just in a completely new interface. I think people will find it really helpful and interesting and easy. Yeah, which uh, is... That's my goal. Which has been Apex's pro thing, like give good, powerful data that's easy and accessible. Very simple, intuitive. None of us have time to mess around with a whole bunch of stuff when we're trying to get out on the racetrack. So yeah. make it a one step simpler. So real quick, you I remember you did a great level of like, if you've got two minutes, if you've got five to 10 minutes, and then if you've got 15 or more minutes, yeah. the different things that you can look at. Yeah, like in your data? Yeah. Yeah, after a session. So honestly, sometimes I, w- I won't even take my helmet off. I'll just stop in the paddock and look at my data right away. And there's a couple things that you want to do. One thing is I'm a big fan of reflection. So before I look at the data, I like to think about what just happened kind of broadly. Like what was the theme of the session? Was it like, oh my goodness, there was traffic everywhere? Or was it, uh, hey, I did really, really well. I drove really well. What was kind of the theme of it? Figure out that reflection and then go f- just open up your data and look at your spread of lap times really easy, right? Like we all do that. Yep. But like you want to see what the grouping is. Like, are you a second apart? Or are you five seconds apart? Right? We can all do that. Sure. Yeah, consistency. Um, and then I just go in and look at fastest lap, speed trace. Are the peaks of your speed trace is all sharp? Meaning, are you coming off the gas, transitioning to the brake quickly, off the gas on brake? No. And uh, that's, that's your 30-second review. Okay. And if, if the answer to that is no, then think about doing that differently next time. Yeah. Right? And that's almost this, it's almost that simple. Um, so that's your super something. super quick review. Yeah. And then if you've got five to ten minutes, um, I think what you and I have talked about is like taking two laps, overlaying them, just looking at. You, you know, you you can look at your plus and minus, your plus and minus um, with lap time. See where the the low hanging fruit in lap time is, uh, if it is that high speed corner. Or if it is, you know, kind of the, the bottom, the valleys, like, is it really sharp? Or in high-speed stuff entries, is it have a nice sloped valley, which means you're coming off the brakes and back to throttle, doing a little bit more balance there. Is that kind of the 5 or 10, or is that more in the, the higher time? You know, it depends a little bit on your um, familiarity with That's fair. data review and that sort of thing. So, you know... For everybody's exposure and experience with data, it's going to be a little bit different. So, like, you and I spend a lot of time looking at data. We can probably get really far in five minutes um, just because of the repeatability. Sure. So I think for somebody that's still a little bit new to it, 
Um, just a simple comparison, best lap to second best lap, best lap to third best lap, best lap to fourth best lap, and yeah. looking at the differences and finding where the least consistent kind of spread of speed on the speed trace is, is a great way to start. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, we'll check out the new app, Apex Pro. should be starting to circulate probably by the time this, this is out, I would yeah, think. Absolutely. Um, I'll find a way to, to share it. But yeah, and you can post a picture of the QR code, no Perfect. problem. I will do that. Uh, ApexTrackCoach.com. Yeah, that's it. And then socials is Apex Pro still? Official Apex Pro on Official Instagram. Official Apex Pro. Yeah. Perfect. Well, have Absolutely. fun at the rest of the show. Thanks, you too. Thanks for having me. Scott, round three, PRI. We're at the uh, Hawk booth sitting behind uh, a slow, really fast car, Tom O'Gorman's S2000, and I'm hanging out with DJ. Hey, yo. Hi. How's it going? Um, and we're talking about podcast things because, like, Gridlife's podcast population keeps growing, and now we've got, like, at least like five podcasts that I know of kind of that at least hangs around Gridlife. Right, and we were talking about, bef before we started recording, about doing, like, a live show at, like, maybe Midwest or anything. So, Adam, if you're listening, come on. We got to do he this. He would do it. He would yeah, do it. Yeah, we got to do it. It's, it's such an obvious thing. Like, I don't know if there's going to be like 10 people in the crowd. Uh, and we we Maybe. never, <laughs> I mean, there might be, but whatever, we're recording an episode anyways. Like, nope. we had to record one for that week anyways. Might as well record it like in hopefully nice weather. Ooh, if it's raining, that would suck. What do you do? That'd be fun. I mean. I wonder if you could set up the stage in like the arcade area because it's under, under tents and stuff. That'd probably work. Yeah, it'd be a little bit of a distance for the drivers who also podcast and stuff, but yeah, whatever. We can figure it out. That'd be cool. You could just sign up for a time slot. Adam yeah. would approve like the time slot. You yeah. get like hour and fifteen, whatever, and um, yeah, that'd be cool. And then if if you don't have like the fancy equipment to to like fully produce your show, like I'm sure you could share some equipment from other Abe, people. Abe, I'm sure would bring his board and everything would be fine. Actually, during the day, I bet the main stage is empty. <laughs> we could just go up there. Honestly, that's kind of what I thought, <laughs> but I thought that might, because it, it might look a little too empty. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to, to, you know, a bunch of white dudes just hanging up there talking into mics. Right, you know, it would be so confusing to dude, all the festival goers. Oh, yeah, and they're, like, not awake yet, and we'll just be talking about, like, life and racing. Right, yeah, we, we start getting, we start talking about sour cream hot dogs. It gets really weird. Yeah, that's, that's a thing for you. I, it turned into a thing. I, I, didn't, I didn't choose this life. The sour cream life chose me. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Tell yourself that. <laughs> I haven't had one yet, by the way. Yeah. I was supposed to have one at PRI. Well, see, that's that's kind of the whole problem is that once you have it, it's not really going to be a it's, thing anymore. A thing so anymore. you have to keep delaying it. Yeah, we're going to wait till we come out with a sour cream hot dog shirt, uh, make our millions off of that, and then I'll try a sour cream hot dog. So you know what you need to do is you actually need to inject the sour cream in tout into Ooh. the hot dog, like the cheddar dogs, but it's the sour, sour cream. With sour cream? Yep. So there you go. All right. There's only one. Pro you'd have to do that after it's cooked. Because you can't, you can't. Yeah, that's fair. You can't microwave the sour cream. That's fair. Would, I mean, this is all made up shit. It anyway. would just turn weird. <laughs> In an ideal world, yeah, you'd be able to inject the sour cream into a perfectly cooked hot dog. <laughs> how's but, this? How's this show been for you so far? <laughs> oh, you don't want to talk about sour cream hot dogs all the time. <laughs> uh, the show's been good. I, I mean, I'm in the hawk booth. I'm supposed to be talking about brake pads, but honestly. Yeah. 
I've kind of just been talking about racing, and so every once in a once in a while, a brake pad will be brought up. Uh, so it really just kind of feels like I'm hanging out at the track. That's pretty nice. Which is, I mean, this is this is a good work day oh, for me. Ferris is standing over there and got some people and whatnot. Yeah, they they may or may not be talking about brake pads. Yeah, probably probably not. not. Probably <laughs> not. Uh, but it, at SEMA, it was so the difference between SEMA and PRI is kind of wild. At SEMA, you'd have people walk up and go like, "So what do you guys do?" Because like. SEMA's like a bunch of street streetcar people, right? Wow, real, but even Hawk, like even Hawk. Well, in, okay. so in the street market, we have like five percent market share. In the race market, we have over fifty percent market share, mm-hmm. right? So it's a huge difference. Everybody in this room knows what Hawk brakes are. Sure. Okay. Uh, the, even the circle track, the dirt track, the the drag racing people, everyone knows what Hawk brakes are, right? So yep. we do a great job in the motorsports area, but when it comes to the street market there's just so much more competition because in general the average street consumer they go on rock auto and they're like oh these brake pads are eight dollars and they buy those right ceramic long lasting low noise low dust yeah low dust eight dollars can't beat that right and they buy those and they fall apart and they suck and your pedal feels like crap but for the average consumer that's awesome that's that's really good Hmm. But what, what we're trying to do is we're, tr- we're trying to get to the enthusiast that actually cares what their brake pedal feels like. True. But it's hard to cut through all the noise. So that's, that's like Hawk's current like, try-to-grow struggle. Because the race market, like, we're, we're doing good. Like, there's always room for improvement. You know, we want to come out with better products. We want to have uh, the, the better service. You know, just we want to be better in, in all aspects. But the, really, the room for, for growth is in the street market. If we could get everybody that races their car on Hawk Pads, but to also tow their car there on Hawk Pads, on their F-150 or whatever, mm-hmm. sure. then we, we, would be, we would be in a, a, a better spot than we are now. Like that's, that's really like what, we, what we try to do. That's like why we have a presence at SEMA. Uh, but JRI is kind of like, for, for the Hawk team, like th- this is... These are our people. Like we're just having yeah. we're having conversations with our friends at PRI. Yeah. We've just somehow convinced uh, Mr. Hawk that that this is a good good expense to yeah. be had to, yeah. to have a presence here. Let's go hang out with buddies. Yeah, we'll just go hang out with friends. So last year you guys came out with the ER1 pad, which had um, drastic I don't say drastically, but a very different pedal feel yeah. than the DTC series that everybody knows. From the ground up, it's a completely different brake pad. So my question is, is in terms of compounds within that new ER series, is there going to be an ER2 or an ER3 that has a little bit different so that you can work on that front to rear bias? Yeah, there is talks about it. Uh, In the cars I've driven, ER1's all around. I haven't had a bias issue yet, Mm -hmm. but we recognize that that is something that people want to play with. We don't have anything in the works right now, but there was a lot of technology and a lot of learning with the ER ones that kind of really broadened our ability to make different pads. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I would be really surprised if we as a company just kind of abandoned all those things that were learned developing the ER one and we're like, oh, we're good with this one compound. But then at the same time, you don't want to have too many compounds. It, sure. We might even already be there. I don't know if you've seen all the Hawk compounds. We have a catalog have a and it takes up like three pages for, yep. for compounds. And... It, we, 
we don't want to do a paralysis kind of maneuver. Like if you if an ice cream truck pulls up and there's 30 options for ice cream, that's about pushing the limit. But if it pulls up and has a you're going with the SpongeBob. You're going with the SpongeBob loves. Yeah. Yeah. Because then you can eat the eyeballs in this bubble gum afterwards. Yes. Obviously, come on. <laughs> Does the SpongeBob one? It doesn't have gobble bubble gum. No, no, it just it, it just melts eyeballs, and right? looks like it's dying on the outside. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Ninja Turtle, yeah. The Ninja Turtle ones is fine, but you don't get the the gobble bum. So the uh, battery definitely died. Ninja Turtles and uh, did they did they get Ninja Turtles? I hope so. So you definitely got me saying gobble bum instead of bubble gum. <laughs> if we didn't before, here we are. Because um, that totally didn't happen. Unless it did happen, then. Uh, you got me. <laughs> so you were talking about, um, yeah, like all the different uh, offerings and stuff. And, yeah, like you were saying that, I mean, we've got a massive van that we tow things with. and like Yeah, what brake pads do you have on it? it? Whatever came with it, man. Exactly. I don't know. Because most street applications. I don't really like them. But they we, <laughs> look, we tried to sell Mercedes pads. Uh, Mercedes owners, they don't buy aftermarket pads. I think they just take it to the dealer and go, yes. like, give me brakes because that's my dashboard said i need brakes sure yep so mercedes pads we launched a couple and then it was like huh nobody buys these yep. because mercedes cars or owners they just don't buy aftermarket pads mm. so that's just like a bad market to go into yeah well and in grid life again like you've got mostly pickup trucks couple vans um yep. and rvs and toters i mean that's basically your spread. Yep, and I, we have pads for all those. So, like, if everyone tow, towing their race car to the racetrack also ran Hawk pads on their uh, tow trucks, yep, then then we would we would be doing good. So we we have to do a better job of letting people know why having a good feeling pedal on the vehicle their their truck is a benefit. Like, right. I mean, I appreciate a pedal that feels really good and a pad that has like good initial bite for the road and honestly all right hold on sales pants are going on right. the the lts compound on trucks is honestly more fun than it should be okay. because normally truck brakes they kind of suck so you never think yeah. about how it could be fun but moving the weight around the edge of a vehicle no matter if you're <laughs> towing or yep. not towing yep. or whatever moving it. that weight around the edge of the vehicle with the brake is kind of fun well especially like i always think you know whenever i'm taking an entrance ramp or an on-ramp or uh exit entrance or an exit ramp you know towing the vehicle like i'm you're very aware of how much mass is back there yeah. so i do picture like a bowl of water yeah you know, exactly. kind of <laughs> you know delivering ramen and noodle style so controlling that that water oh, yeah. in that bowl oh, yeah. with the brake pedal more controllability even if it's on your truck is oh, yeah. a pleasing experience now I recognize it's a it's a premium experience because most of the time you just need it to stop and sure. and because I mean let's be honest like most of us just want to spend money on the race car yep. because that's gonna make better lap times and that's more fun than controlling the water in a bowl. Yep. But it is nice to have nice brake pads on the vehicle that you drive definitely way more miles than than the race car. Yep. Uh, so we just have to convince people of that and find clever ways of of telling people that it's worth it uh, and to not go on rock auto and buy the $8 brake pads basically. So 
Now, I know when you did your job change from your previous job to Hawk, that kind of set you back a little bit in terms of being able to go race with your Civic. Where are you at with that, or what are your hopes it's, for next year? I mean, it's it's a temporary switch. So I, I made a career change, and with a career change, like you can't you can't expect to be getting paid what you were. Um, I, I was a medical equipment technician, and I worked I worked for a company where. They they were the highest paying in that field, and but it wasn't it wasn't sustainable, uh, both physically and I was topped out. I wouldn't have been able to make more money. So, with the hawk thing happening, the ceiling was higher, um, and I trusted that I would figure it out figure it out and figure out how to do a good job. And the there is light at the end of the tunnel. It's not it's not hopeless. Good. <laughs> uh, there's a direction yep. in my path through Hawk uh, that has been set, and I, I just have to be patient and just try to do a good job. And and really, honestly, I, I I try hard in everything I do. I can't like turn it off. Oh yeah. So I just keep doing this, and if it if it gets hopeless, then I go find something else. But I have all this like really good experience from Hawk. Never had an office job before. So that was that was a fun adjustment, but now like I feel like I'm in the swing of things. Like I'm I'm an email wizard. Like I'm just like pumping them out. Um, and being in the industry has taught me a lot about the industry, way more uh, than I ever could have learned being on the outside of it. Even yep. being a part of it on the consumer end of it. Sure. And sometimes like getting help from companies, you don't know as much about the how, the industry and the people in the industry. You, you, there's a there's a lot of value into knowing uh, that part of the industry. Sure. Especially like putting together any kind of sponsorship proposal, you know what they're looking for and you know what they're what, like what they expect. Here's here's the hot tip for everyone listening for sponsorship proposals: make it as easy as possible. Because what you don't want to do is you don't want to add workload to the person who probably is already doing too much. So if there's a specific part that you want from a company literally provide them the part number provide them their excuse why they tell their superior why they gave it away to you and just make it as easy as possible because it doesn't take very long to like put an order in or to put a request for something yep. in but it takes way longer to look up hey i'm looking for this part for my car and then you have to do an email back and forth be like well what year is your car is it the one with the v the four cylinder or the v6 yeah. is it this or that and that's like, if it's only one part versus like hey i'm, I'm looking at this system right you know, can you help me Get, figure it out on your own sure know exactly what you want then reach out to the company yep. and say this part number would help my racing program this is how i'll represent you this is what i've done already so far this is what i hope to do that's all you need yep so I'm hoping to join you sim racing here probably a couple more months before everything's oh, yeah. done. But I've got got a graphics card, I've got a processor, got a monitor. You're like 20% there. Yeah, it's, it's, it's the expensive <laughs> stuff is what I front loaded with. So we'll see what happens. You have a, you have a wheel and stuff already? Yeah, I got um, got some Fanatec stuff on a really good use. Um, good. Got yeah, on a use really good way. deal. Um, and yeah, basically everything else is just... I say small, you know, a couple hundred bucks here, hundred bucks there sort of thing. But aim in for, we'll see what happens at Christmas and then I'll put everything else together probably in January. You'll notice the, the reps of racing situations that you'll get. Yeah. 
you'll notice and it will happen and you'll just be like you'll have like a little smile on your face you'll be like yeah you know what I literally learned that in sim racing and you'll be thinking that as you're driving away from the person behind you you'll be like (laughs) yeah all right cool like for me the moment I I started sim racing to try to get better for autocross sure and for me the moment where I was like a true true believer was the winter in between 2016 to 2017 and I lost to a specific driver at the end of the year went ham on sim racing just to, it was like my therapy <laughs> it was probably actually unhealthy yeah, but I went I went nuts on it first time in the car next year which is normally you're really rusty kind of smoked that dude and the car was way easier to drive and I yep. was like okay Yep. And I'm I, a believer. <laughs> I I thought it was working, but now I know. Yep. And it, it's the bandwidth and the comfortability just like shoots through the roof. Nice. Uh, anybody you need to shout out? Websites, links, socials. Uh, I mean, yeah. Allison Drini Racing. Check yeah. out my podcast, uh, Lizard Brain, Lizard Lizard Brains Podcast. I yep. remember my own hold, podcast hold on. name. What's the email? It's a podcast at lizardbrain.life. There I almost it forgot it. <laughs> um, yeah, and you guys are good at uh, answering emails, kind of you know, getting back with anybody who writes in and whatnot. So it's been yep. fun to listen to you guys. And, uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll try to get a bunch of podcasts together next year and do some nonsense. Do a live show. That would be so much fun. That would be cool. Thanks, it, DJ. Yep, maybe mix and match. Huh? Yeah, maybe get some uh, melty uh, ice creams. Yeah, that and, sounds uh, fun. Yeah. <laughs>